Roundup at CatholicRoundup.com. You're listening to Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. Bon Appetit! This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 47 of the Catholic Foodie. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm Jeff Young, your host, and uh, this is episode 47. It's amazing. It seems like uh, we just started this the other day. It's been almost a year now. Uh, So what's on the show? What's on the menu for today? Well, we have feedback, both voice feedback, email, and some iTunes reviews. Uh, We're going to recap the experience that Char and I had yesterday, renewing our vows for the Holy Family Institute. How about some Thanksgiving recipes? Also, I'll tell you about TOA and uh, some tips for survival. We have a few reviews, and I'm going to give you the winner of our contest. We have all this and more here at The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, for our feedback section, I want to uh, start out by thanking Inga. She was, uh, and I mentioned this, I think, in the past, a few episodes back, but she sent some coffee my way, some very good coffee. It's, actually, it's her favorite coffee. And, uh, you know, this is, this was, she mailed it. It took about a month to get to me. And I was so happy when I got that package. She couldn't believe that I waited an entire, almost, almost a full week to open the package, but I wanted to do it on Ustream. So I did that. Anyway, uh, I didn't make the coffee right away either. I, I wanted to wait till the weekend. Uh, so it was almost another week before we, uh, we actually tasted the coffee. Uh, because I was afraid that during the week when I have to leave so early in the morning to go to school that, uh, that I would have made a pot of coffee and then not have enjoyed it, you know, just, just too much of a rush. So on Saturday and Sunday, at least we get to, uh, chill out a little bit in the morning, take our time and enjoy our coffee. So that's what we did. We enjoyed, uh, uh, Inga's coffee the last couple of weeks and, uh, delicious, very, very good. And uh, much, much better than most of the coffee that we uh, get here in the United States. So thank you very much, Inga. I really appreciate that. I also want to mention that uh, Inga, all, she wrote an article about me, about the Catholic foodie, uh, for her blog, The World According to Tarkorian. And I am, uh, I, I was just amazed. I was so happy, uh, first of all, and honored that she would uh, pick me to, 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 to write about and uh, the the whole thing, the the spark that led to this article, uh, was a um, oh, what do you call it? It, it was an uh, initiative, I guess, of Matt Warner over at Fallible Blogma, uh, is what he called last month the Catholic or support a Catholic speaker month. And uh, I think they had it be, there were lots and lots of Catholic speakers. I'm amazed that my name was even on the list. By the way, I I couldn't believe that. Uh, I had actually gotten an email from a listener who, who uh, said, "Hey, have you checked out the the uh, Catholic Speaker of the Month uh, thing over there at Fallible Blog?" And I said, "Well, I've I noticed because I do I subscribe to his RSS feed. I I noticed the uh, the title something about this uh, Catholic Speaker Month, and I, I but I, I was at school at the time. I didn't go and read it, so I made sure to go and look. And, and sure enough, my name out of all these people." possible people in the world. My name was one of the names on this uh, on this list. I was very impressed by that, very humbled, really. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, but anyway, so he encouraged um, bloggers out there in the blogosphere to pick one of these speakers, uh, perhaps someone that they weren't as familiar with, 
and to uh, write a blog post about them and maybe interview them and write a blog post about them. Once again, just to kind of promote Catholic media, Catholic content on the web. And so Inga contacted me and asked if she could uh, interview me. And I was one, I was very humbled and honored. And, you know, I got to meet her at the uh, Catholic New Media Celebration in June of the, uh, last year or this year. And uh, uh, so it was, it was just a, it was a great thing. Anyway, she, she did write that. And it's over at her, uh, her, uh, her blog, The World According to uh, Tacorian, which is at uh, T A Q U O R I A A N dot com, Tacorian.com. And of course, I'm going to have a, a link in the show notes for that. And the title of the article is Where Food Meets Faith. So I want to bring that to your attention. I also want to thank Inga very much for uh, not only for the coffee, but also for the article. It really is. Um, Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I have another bit of news uh, before we get into uh, some of the feedback. Another bit of news uh, that Lisa Hindi of Catholic Moments, Catholic Moments or CatholicMom.com and the Catholic Moments podcast uh, has been in the process of writing a book for quite a while, and uh, it is almost ready to be uh, to hit the press or the presses, and to be released, to be, um, oh, what do you call that? I don't know what you call it, but when the book is now finally distributed, sent out, and you're able to purchase it. So uh, the, the the book is going to be coming out, I believe, in February, and uh, I'm just so excited about this, I can't stand it. So I want to encourage you to go over to Lisa's uh, blog, which is uh, catholicmom.com, and uh, she's got some information over there about this book. Very exciting. It's, it's all about Catholic uh, spirituality, Catholic encouragement, really, for, uh, for moms. And, it's, uh, and it's, it's a great uh, support also for just family life in general. So you may want to go check that out over at Catholic, catholicmom.com. And let's see, was there something else I wanted to mention at this point, or am I going to get into the feedback? I think that's it for right, right now. Let me... Let me play this. We got a, a, a call, a voicemail, and as I pull that up, I'm going to go ahead and play the bumper for you. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goodie lady? My goodness, she makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate icing between. Very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Hi, Jeff. This is Laura in Wisconsin. Thank you for finding that recipe for me for the sweet potato apple casserole. I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try one other one I found on another internet site, and I'll let you know. Uh, which one comes the closest to the one my sister-in-law makes. Also, I had a question. Uh, you said uh, when you took your vows for the Holy Family Institute, you uh, took a vow of obedience and poverty and chastity. And I could see how chastity and obedience would work within a marriage and in a family, but how does poverty work since you have kids to raise and a family to support and and all that? So I'd really be interested in hearing about that. God bless. Bye now. Oh, well, thank you so much, Laura, for the call, and uh, I want to thank you, too, for uh, reminding me of the recipe uh, for the uh, was it uh, sweet potato apple casserole. 
Uh, I did find a couple of other ones on online, and uh, I shared that one with you. I thought that was a, a pretty tasty one. And I realized when I went back that I kept calling your sister-in-law your sister, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but, you know, your question about poverty is an excellent one. And what I did is I, uh, I got my wife, Char, to sit down with me just a little while ago, and I, I figured it would be good for her to give her input as well. So let's listen to see what our conversation was like earlier. Well, Laura, that question is, uh, is, is perfect. It's great timing. It's uh, uh, a wonderful question. And um, I, I asked uh, Charlene, Char, my, uh, my wife, to uh, come on the show and to help me to answer this question uh, from not only my perspective, but hers as well as, as a member of the Holy Family Institute and one who is in my family and helps uh, me to live out these vows. Um, so welcome, Char. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Thank you, honey, Bonnie. <laughs> I, I, I kind of uh, get shy, I think, when you hold the microphone in my face. <laughs> well, that's the only way we can we can hear you. I know, I know. All right. So, what what do you have to say as far as um, live in poverty in the Holy Family Institute when we, when we have a family ourselves? Well, um, I immediately thought of a particular um, issue of what we call the Voice of the Founder, which we get each month, and it. Um, highlighted this virtue and what what does it mean because it's a good question and you know what what really what does it mean um and i just want to read a few things but um the one of the main points i think it sums it up it says to be poor does not mean that we are seriously deprived it means that we are sincerely detached something much more difficult so it's um I think it's more of like a a, a spiritual right. disposition rather than a physical poverty. Right. Um, and I, I I would agree a hundred percent. Even uh, with religious taking these vows, I mean it's 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 funny. You kind of have to. I mean, you have to know more about uh, religious life and uh, uh, what it's like for. Uh, priests, brothers, nuns, when they take this, these vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, you see, uh, with the Holy Family Institute, we are taking the exact same vows. Matter of fact, I ran across something uh, yesterday as I was reviewing some uh, material, just reflecting after we made our vows, and it said very clearly, this was coming from uh, the, the Superior General of the Society of St. Paul in Rome, and something he had written, it was a reflection, and it says basically for the Holy Family Institute, we are taking religious vows. Now, we're not called religious, and that means like Benedictines and Franciscans and you know uh, Dominicans and all these orders where they live in monasteries or houses in community. We're not religious in that sense, yet we take religious vows. We are, in a, in a sense, religious, but the way that we live those vows out uh, is in a, a secular environment. We're living, in other words, on our own we're not living in a monastery. We have a community ourselves, a family, but it's not a community of uh, other vowed individuals who are, you know, living together in this, under the same roof. Um, so that's uh, that's a bit different uh, there as well. Now, if you think about it, and when the when religious take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, when they 
take a vow of poverty, it doesn't mean that they live on the streets. It doesn't mean that they live uh, destitute. Uh, now, there are some orders that live a more radical form of poverty, like the missionaries of charity with Mother Teresa. But for, for many of the religious, they take this vow, and that means that they don't own any property personally. But the order can. I mean, the the, the Franciscans, for instance, who are renowned for you know, St. Francis and, and, his, and his, his life of poverty, they own uh, monasteries, they own houses, they own cars, they own churches, you know, they, they, they own um, uh, seminaries, colleges, where they actually, on, the names on the paper are, is the order. The order itself owns this stuff, but individually, those uh, professed or vowed members of the Franciscans, as an example, uh, do not own it. So I don't know if that makes sense. In other words, uh, I've heard priests, religious priests, tell me before, it's like, you know, the life in the monastery isn't that bad. I mean, it's not It's not as, uh, what's the word, um, intense, I guess you'd say, because you get three square meals a day, everything's taken care of, you don't have to worry about all this stuff, which is good because it leaves them to pray, and that's the one of the main works, like for the Benedictines, that's what they do, prayer. Uh, and also it leaves them free to minister. So there's some there's there's really good stuff there. They're free to do that because everything else is taken care of for them. Whereas in a family, if you take the vow of poverty, for instance, you might really be going through poverty with a family. And it may not be your own choice. It may just be a situation in life. Someone loses a job or uh, illness, sickness, something like that. You're going through it, and there's no religious order there who's going to take care of you. It's just mom and dad. So that's the reality, I think, of the vows is that uh, you live through this, like St. Paul, being all things for all people and his experience of being both uh, poor and living on nothing and at the same time, depending on where he was going to preach, he would also dine with uh, people who were well-to-do and eat really good food. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Char? Well, <clears throat> I think that uh, I'll just read from from this um, these excerpts again, because I mean, I mean things change for people, you know what I mean, in terms of their financial Finances. situation. Yeah. It's not really about that necessarily, um, although it is. <laughs> I think it would be more secure to be in a <laughs> in a monastery. In a monastery. Oh, yeah. You have a lot more security, you sure. know. Um, but the, as far as family life goes, it doesn't mean misery, which makes a human life difficult or even impossible. It means having all we reasonably need to have a normal life, but never being attached to any of it. Did I just read that already? I think so. Oh, well, I read it again. Okay. (laughs) Let me read this. Evangelical poverty is not merely detachment, but actual freedom for many apparently harmless interests and practices, and at the same time a stimulus to work for the salvation of others. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's basically what what is um, this material is saying is that it's um, it leads to the greatest freedom. The the three vows, I guess, lead to the greatest riches. Um, 
or it says here, poverty leads to the greatest riches, chastity to the greatest love, and obedience is the supreme freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And the thing about that is, uh, you know, I, I'm the first to say I don't live poverty well. I mean, I'm I'm trying. It's one of the things I, I vow, and I, I try to do that. It's something that is part of my examination of conscience, uh, which I'm, I'm, I try to do every night. Uh, but it's I'm not perfect, and it, it, I don't live it out perfectly. I mean, I'm very attached to a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's like hard to, to imagine life without certain things, you know? And uh, a matter of fact, it's pretty terrifying. Of all your <laughs> like all, right all of my podcasting stuff, and my uh, my my, my MacBook here. Pro, and my coffee, and my vino, and I mean all my good food. All these things, I'm I'm very much attached. And I think the challenge for me in living out of poverty is to uh, is to get to a point where I'm not attached to these things, or I'm not as attached. <laughs> You know, we make progress in life uh, step by step. So that that is a um, it, it's a lifetime. It, it's the work of a lifetime. It's not happening right now. But when we take those vows, we we do commit to that. We commit to uh, to working on these things and 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 shooting for the ideal. So, is there any other wisdom that you see there, Charlene? I mean, that's about it. I mean, we don't. You know, I mean, in our situation, we just. We we kind of have what we, you know ba- the basics anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a huge challenge to us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, as a, as a teacher that's uh, and, and someone who works for the church. Uh, poverty is part and parcel of uh, of that uh, of those professions. But so. it's still an attitude. I mean, you can still be you know have the attitude like you're saying. It's um, which I think we'll all will continue to work on. I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, it's hard in this culture too, right. to be detached, mm-hmm. um, and to teach the kids that too. I mean, it's that's a big, that's a huge challenge. Yeah. So. Especially when the kids have grandparents who uh, <laughs> uh, literally just lavish, lavish upon them all kinds of uh, of goodies. So, which I mean, make, brings a lot of joy to the kids, but it brings a lot of joy to the grandparents too. It's just, you know, it it it's challenging when you you grow up like that and you start to expect, hey, that's what life is like. It's like, well, guess what? <laughs> when you go to work, uh, you may or may not be able to afford some of those things that you uh, you get sometimes. You know, so I guess the trick is to not be attached to it. And maybe uh, uh, we can talk more too about the other vows at a different time because. You know, it's a good question. I mean, how do you live chastity, for instance, the vow of chastity? How is that lived out in married life? You know, how is that lived out in the family? And it's not. I mean, if you're living, the, if you're living the Catholic faith, if you're if you're living um, according to the teachings of the Church to begin with, then the vows really aren't a big scary thing. The, the vows are not. Uh, uh, I don't want to say challenging because they they. they you know, just like everything good in life, it it's is. Not but too much different than what you're being, what every Catholic's being called to. Right. Um, yeah. So. Right. I mean, like basically, just as an example, chastity doesn't mean that you you are no longer intimate with your spouse. It means that you follow the teachings of the Church in regard to marriage and sexuality. You know, and uh, also, I mean, there's more that could be said about all that, and uh, and we will probably in a in another episode, but. Anyway, well, honey, 
thank you so much for being here on the show again. It's been a long time. I know, because we're not you streaming. I can do this. <laughs> well, I'll be you streaming this, but you're, we're recording this at a time. Anyway, um, I love you and thank you. And I'm going to get you back on the show again very soon. All right. Well, that was the conversation we had earlier, and uh, hopefully it, it answered the question. Uh, I actually I, I read after the conversation, I went back and read uh, from the statutes. If you're on Ustream, you can see, or on SQPN, over at sqpnconnect.ning.com, uh, you can see the uh, little little book here I have in my hand is the statutes of the Institute, and it has a lot to say about poverty, and it, it, it could be an episode in itself, but... This is the Catholic foodie, so we are talking now about the Catholic stuff, and we are going to get into some food in just a minute. But first, I want to share an email with you, an email I received, and this is from uh, Anatolian Aisha. I believe that's correct, Anatolian Aisha. It says, uh, the apple sweet potato casserole sounds delicious. I'd like to offer a few enhancements I plan to incorporate uh, fresh or dried thyme, cubed good crusty bread sautéed in a bit of butter, and caramelized thinly sliced onions. Also can't wait to hear about the yummy foods you will eat at your in-laws Lebanese Thanksgiving. Uh, your podcasts are an inspiration to me on many levels. Keep up the great work. Well, Anatolian, uh, I, I thank you very much for that uh for that email, and I love the, uh, the the additions that you made to this dish. I bet that would uh, that would be delicious. Uh, and also, you're right. I will. I will definitely share more about uh, uh, our Thanksgiving at the in-laws with that Lebanese motif. I will share more of that with you probably next episode uh, as we prepare for the Thanksgiving week, the week that I will be off. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. It's been a few months since we had a really delicious home-cooked Lebanese meal. Uh, we actually ate Lebanese last night, and uh, I may mention that a little bit later in the show. But it was from a restaurant, and it, the restaurant's good, but it's just not the same as Lebanese cuisine prepared at home. Okay, so thank you so much for that email. Also, we had a couple of iTunes reviews I'd like to share with you. Uh, once again, I share this with you because I, I hope that in, in sharing this that uh, I will encourage you as well, if you haven't yet done so, to go over to iTunes and leave a review of The Catholic Foodie. Uh, when you're there at iTunes at the store, you can just uh, search for The Catholic Foodie or Catholic Foodie and uh, go over to that page and, and leave a review or just rate the show. You can rate it uh, or you know five stars or four stars or one star, whatever you think. And uh, also, you could leave a little review, and uh, Pat Newsom left a review. She said, Jeff does a great job of bringing food and the Catholic faith together in his podcast. Uh, worthwhile having in your own playlist. Uh, and then Soyviz, you know, I love all these handles, all these online handles. You can't, you don't really know who these people are, right? But Soyviz had this to say, uh, the way the, the title goes is, is uh, Marrying Food and Faith in the City of Saints. Wow, isn't that cool? <laughs> Marrying food and faith in the City of Saints. And this is what the comment says. It says, Though he doesn't live in New Orleans proper, Jeff Young's love of food, cooking, and God is influenced by his Catholic city, or this Catholic city, in which delicious meals abound. If you're interested in how the church's past and present history intersects with food, 
This is the podcast for you. Young's talents as an educator shine through. He explains concepts in a lively way that never sound preachy. So, uh, Soyviz, wow, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And uh, I, thank you so much for those comments. Uh, and, and once again, if you have not yet left a comment or a review over at iTunes, please do so. It takes just a couple of minutes. Just go over to iTunes, search for Catholic Foodie, and, uh, and just jot down a few thoughts there and, uh, and, and rate the show. It helps to boost us up in the uh, in the ranking there at iTunes. So if someone goes and uh, searches for food or foodie or Catholic or something like that, then the Catholic foodie will rank higher in that search uh, with the more reviews that we have and the higher the rating, too. So please consider doing that, and I thank you in advance. I know we've already talked about the Holy Family Institute and the vow of poverty and all that, but I do want to just say that yesterday when we renewed our vows, it was a uh, it was a special a special day. Uh, it was also our 11th wedding anniversary, so I wanted to give you just a few uh, few little stories about yesterday. Uh, first of all, the the renewal of vows itself took place during the 8:30 a.m. mass. It was a Saturday mass, and our associate pastor celebrated a votive mass of Our Lady of Consolation, which I thought was just very appropriate, because uh, we could all use some consolation. I know we need some. And uh, we, after the homily, he called us up, and we went through the, the ritual of renewal of the vows. And uh, there was sort of like some uh, interrogatories there where he asks us questions, and we respond, and it's, it's all written out. It's all like a, a short rite uh, in the church. And then we actually made the vows themselves. Uh, our children were there in the pews watching us, and uh, uh, it was just—it was very, very nice, very kind of formal, official. Uh, it was just uh, uh, beautiful. And of course, the fact that it was our anniversary made it even more special. Uh, we took the opportunity a couple times during the day yesterday to pray together, uh, both in the in the morning after mass. And also in the evening or at night, late last night, <laughs> uh, before retiring, and uh, it was it was just it was really good. Now I have to tell you that I went out. Uh, Char had a little uh, uh, event to go to with my girls. They're part of something called the Little Flowers Girl Girls Club there in our parish, and uh, I believe that the Little Flowers is actually a national thing. It's a, it's a ministry, kind of like Girl Scouts in a way, but it's Catholic. It's a, a little flower, of course, the little flower, right? St. Therese. Uh, the Girls Club. Anyway, they get together, I think, once a month or something uh, on Saturday mornings, and uh, they have a lot of fun. They do a lot of good stuff. So, uh, Char and the girls were there, and uh, Christopher and I went out, uh, did a little shopping, picked up some, you know, little small gifts for uh, Char just to uh, show her how special she is. And uh, one of those things was a bottle of wine. Actually, I got two because I, I bought a bottle of wine, and at, on my way out of the wine aisle or down the wine aisle, I, I happened to glance down, and I saw this label 
that was uh, I was like, wow, that's <laughs> I haven't seen that label in a while. It was it's called Banrock Station. Uh, Banrock Station. It is a cheap wine. It is not a very nice wine. Um, I remember drinking this wine 11 years ago at our rehearsal dinner. Uh, this is a wine that Char's uh, father uh, used to get by the case. He has got, he's got his own wine cellar and all this. It's long story, but they, they are uh, wine connoisseurs, my in-laws. And uh, this is one of the ones that uh, he, he bought by the case, and he actually supplied the wine for our rehearsal dinner. And... Uh, um, it was Banrock Station. It was really good. So I, I see this as I'm walking down the aisle, and it's like, Whoa, my, oh, my goodness, you know? I mean, it's our anniversary. Here it is, and this is the wine we drank 11 years ago. So I had to pick up a bottle of that as well. And uh, we ended up going to the uh, Three Rivers Art Festivals downtown in, in Covington every year. They have this art festival. Very nice artists from all over, uh, really all over the country. We had you know people from Pennsylvania and Georgia and uh, all over the place. So... Uh, we went there in the afternoon, we walked around, and, and just, it was a beautiful day, gorgeous day, enjoyed that, uh, went went to a place called, um, now I'm going to forget the name of it, oh goodness, I forgot the name of it, I can't believe it, anyway, it's a, it's a little pub place, they've got all these different beers on tap, so we, we each got a, a beer, and we're walking around with the little uh, plastic cups, you know, uh, 16-ounce plastic cup, drinking our pint of beer outside in the sun, with cool weather in Louisiana, it's amazing, uh, and just it was just a gorgeous day. Running into friends and talking to people, and uh, we were starving about two o'clock or so. So we went to this restaurant. It's a new restaurant, Sorelli's Pizzeria, wood uh, like a brick brick fired oven, and uh, it, it was. Oh, we waited for an hour. <laughs> we waited for an hour to get our food. We were. It was very nice environment. We were out on the patio, and uh, we placed our order. And we were starving, so we're thinking we'd just run in, get something, run out, and continue walking around the festival. But uh, that was not the case. You know, I, I rarely ever give negative reviews of uh, places or um, um, things like uh, products or anything. Uh, I've always got something good to say, and I, I guess I do have something good to say about Sorelli's. The environment was great. But uh, you talk about some slow service. It was obnoxiously slow and uh, i don't want to dwell on that because it was our anniversary uh but I, it was just none of us were happy the char the way she made lemonade out of out of lemons she said uh well you know the good thing is is that we know uh we're not to go to eat now <laughs> so uh the pizza was pretty good it was not uh was not my favorite you know pizza man of covington is my favorite uh it was not um i wasn't impressed with it uh, but we were starving, and it was good food to eat, and the atmosphere was nice. But um, it's not a place, I don't think it's a place that we will uh, go back to. So anyway, we finally left, it would seem like an eternity later, we, we finally left the uh, the restaurant, and uh, we got to visit with more friends and, and just enjoy the weather, which was so nice. Anyway, uh, some of you, if you are on Twitter or Facebook, uh, you know that we were in a desperate search for a babysitter, and we did not find one. Uh, I really wanted to take Char out to eat at a nice place last night and just have some time just with the two of us, uh, but that did not happen. Uh, but on Facebook, on my personal Facebook page, I had two friends who were uh, out of uh, out of the city. They don't live here close to us. 
two different uh, friends. I think one another one wrote this on Char's wall, but uh, two of them wrote on my wall that they celebrate their anniversary with the entire family, and they emphasize the fact that it really is the foundation or the birth of the family. Because uh, that wedding, that's where it all starts. You know, you the two become one, and you you become a family, and uh, and the children are born into that. So it really is the beginning of your family. And so we did that. We did celebrate uh, with the whole family, with the kids. Uh, of course, you know, the caveat <laughs> is that, you know, we will very soon, Char and I will get out together by ourselves. <laughs> that will happen. But uh, but for yesterday, we did celebrate it with the family. And one of the things we did, besides eating at Sorelli's, is we went to uh, to see a movie. And I wanted to tell you about that movie. It was Disney's A Christmas Carol. Wow. Um, I, I, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know if you've heard about this movie yet. I don't know uh, if you've seen any previews or anything. Uh, Char was really excited about this movie because a few months back they had the Disney train that that went across the nation, and it stopped in New Orleans, and it was a big you know um, uh, promotion of this movie. And the train is decorated like with all the uh, you know the Christmas Carol imagery and stuff, and they got to go see a preview of the movie in the train. And the the train, by the way, it it stopped over at. Um, at the Audubon Zoo in downtown, well, actually, uptown area of New Orleans. And uh, they went there and spent the day. It, 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 she came back then just absolutely floored by this movie, the technology, what they did. It was 3D. And she said, it's incredible. It's like it's real. I've never seen anything like it in my life. We've got to go see this movie. So we were so excited. We we're going to go see this movie last night. And we surprised the kids. This is something we thought up just at the last minute. And we go... And uh, the particular theater we went to, which is a big place, they only had it in 2D. I had no idea. I bought my tickets online uh, Saturday night, you know, real busy night for movies. And I, I, I bought them online last minute, and we, we were just going to run over to the theater and, and, and go straight in. And uh, online, it did not say that it was it was 2D. Uh, it, it didn't say anything. It just said the movie. So we get there and find out that the theater doesn't offer the 3D version. So we were kind of disappointed by that, but the movie itself was incredible. Oh, my goodness. And here I am. It's November, right? Two episodes ago, I talked about the dead, praying for the dead, the souls in purgatory, and how important that is, and, and how, how these saints have always told us in life to keep death ever before our eyes. And I'm not spoiling anything here. Most of us already know the story of the Christmas Carol, but guess what? Death figures into the show. And what is it that causes um, Scrooge to really change, to convert, and to turn and really embrace life? It was death. It was his uh, experiences with the three ghosts of Christmas that enabled him to, or led to, his conversion. So, uh, incredible, incredible show. I can't recommend it enough. Now, I will say this. It is animation of some sort. I don't know how the the technology they use to do this. It's so realistic, but it's obviously uh, it's obviously animation of some sort. Um there are scenes in there that are startling and uh, we had a number of kids in not our children, but a number of kids in the theater who uh, from time to time in the movie would cry. And uh we heard one in particular keep screaming out, "I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared." 
And, uh, you know, poor fella. But uh, anyway, um, so there are some scenes that are startling. And I guess there's some that could be really scary or spooky. Uh, they, I think the movie, they, they do a good job of trying to pad it with, um, with humor as well. But the truth is there, are, there is, uh, you may want to consider, think about it. Uh, you know your own children. Uh, you know whether or not they can handle something that is like, like jumps out of the screen or, or something like that. But, uh, but uh, incredible movie. It's one of those things where uh, I, can, I can totally see other people who maybe don't live a life of faith going to see this movie and coming out and thinking, you know, wow, um, I might be kind of like Scrooge. And, and maybe I need to look at my own life. You know, what, what sort of weights or weight am I building and, and, and constructing here in life that I'm going to have to carry in the afterlife? What's, what is my life doing for the life at, uh, hereafter? Uh, so I, 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 it's a great movie. Go see it. Uh, we're going to go again. I think there's a theater in Slidell, which is about 40 minutes away from here, or, or 30 minutes away, that has it in 3D. So we are going to try to go sometime probably over Christmas break to see the movie again in 3D. So amazing what they can do these days. Oh, you got to taste this. This is, oh, it's got this kind of it's burning, melty. It's not really a smoky taste. It, it, it's a certain, oh, it's kind of like a... It's got like this boom, zap kind of taste. Don't you think? What would you call that flavor? Lightning y? Yeah. It's lightning y! Oh, we gotta do that again! Okay, when the next storm comes, we'll go up on the roof. I know what this needs! Saffron! A little saffron would make this! Saffron. Why do I get the feeling it's, it's in, in the, the kitchen? kitchen? Well, we're going to step in the kitchen now. Uh, we're going to talk about some recipes. You know, I had planned on talking about turkey again and, and giving you another recipe for turkey, or actually my turkey bone gumbo. But uh, I think instead of that, since uh, Laura had called in again and was talking about sweet potatoes, uh, I got to thinking earlier, it's like, you know, Char makes this sweet potato dish every year. It's a sweet potato pudding, and it is just, oh, it's incredible. So why don't I get her to talk about this. And so, <laughs> believe it or not, I got her on the show again. So let's listen in and see what she has to say about this uh, delicious recipe that we that she prepares every year. When I mentioned earlier that we would have Char on the uh, show again very soon, I had no idea it'd be this soon, but while we're talking about recipes, I wanted to get her to share with you the uh, sweet potato... Uh, what is it? Pudding? Sweet potato pudding that she makes uh, at Thanksgiving time. So tell us all about it, Charlene. Okay. Well, I was so delighted to run across this recipe years back, and I've made it every single year since. And it's from our, you know, favorite, <laughs> one of our favorite standards, uh, Emerald's Louisiana Real and Rustic. But it is so fantastic, and it's always the rave. Um, I can't recommend it enough. You will be a hit if you make it. Um, anyway, you have to start with properly cooked sweet potatoes. And what we do is, um, according to the directions here as well, you bake it at 400 degrees for 30 minutes. And then you reduce the heat to 375 and bake for 45 minutes until tender. Or until tender. But um, you don't prick... You just wash the potatoes. You don't wrap them. You don't prick them. Um, you don't cut them in half or anything. You simply 
um, wash the skin well and put them in. I, I use, I like to use my, um, like those little leftover pie tins or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> lay them on that because they, they, they will often bubble and um, kind of make a mess in your on your pans. So I use those. Anyway, for this recipe, what you do, you take your sweet potatoes. You, you need four medium sweet potatoes. And once you've cooked them, you peel them. And um, you're going to mash them in a bowl. And then you'll add three eggs, a cup of milk. You mix it well. And then you add uh, nutmeg. I use freshly grated nutmeg, one-eighth teaspoon. Cinnamon, half a teaspoon. Um, they include a half a cup of pecans, uh, but I prefer, I don't real. I'm not real keen on a cooked pecan, so I don't add any pecans, um, to mine. I, I keep it for the top. Um, <clears throat> let's see, a half a cup of brown sugar, and it calls for two, I up it to three tablespoons of Steen's 100% pure cane syrup. And um, the cane syrup, I believe, is one step um, further processed along the process from molasses. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we use it's a Louisiana product, and it's fantastic. And I guess if you don't have it, you could use the molasses. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The syrup, salt, quarter teaspoon. Um, I increased the, the vanilla as- extract to, from a quarter teaspoon to half. And I increase the bourbon from two tablespoons to three. Um, anyway, you mix all this well and pour it into a, preferably a one and a half quart round baking dish, which makes a beautiful presentation. Unfortunately, ours cracked and I haven't replaced it, but it, it's a perfect size, one and a half quart round. And then you take, for the topping, you take um, pecans. It calls for half a cup uh, pecan pieces and a half a cup brown sugar and a half a stick of butter and you mix that together well and dot the top with um spoonfuls of that you bake it for 45 minutes or until bubbly and serve it hot it is so good it's very good it's fantastic now for a long time i've substituted out the the brown sugar for other stuff but this year i'm just going to do it regular Regular. Just use the real deal. Well, cool. Well, you want to make some this week before, you know, just to practice again before okay, the next Okay, if you have to have to. <laughs> oh, but it is. It's perfect. It really is a great dish. So you may want to try that this year. That and um, my other favorite side is uh, spinach, creamed spinach. Mm, yeah. So I, I have that recipe too, but I'll have I to save that. it for later. Oh. Just really rich and um, delicious. Really good. Yeah. Okay, maybe next week we can talk about that one. Mm. Well, thank you again for being on the show. We'll have you on again soon. (laughs) Love you. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. It's the most wonderful time of the year. What? Daddy, it's, it's not Christmas yet. It's, it's still Advent. We forgot again. It's so easy to forget Advent. It's so easy because on 
October 31st, as soon as the Halloween decorations are out of the stores, Christmas decorations are in, they pipe in the carols, and it's all joy and Christmas spirits. Not only that, our neighbors put up their Christmas tree on November 7th. I thought they were members of some obscure Eastern Orthodox sect that celebrates Christmas in November. All this commercial, non-stop, two-month celebration of Christmas has completely pushed out any sense of preparation for the joyous season of Christmas and all the wonderful traditions that go with Advent. Here at the Catholic New Media Roundup, we want to do something about that. Every day in December at CatholicRoundup.com, come and join us for our Catholic New Media Advent Calendar. Each day, a different Catholic New Media celebrity will be preparing some sort of goodie to help us put Advent back in December and to help us have a sense of preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Join us at CatholicRoundup.com. Well, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, you know, the Catholic uh, Advent calendar is awesome, awesome. We did it last year. Uh, Catholic Foodie submitted something last year as well for for the Advent calendar. And I am slotted to uh, submit something again this year. So thank you, Sean, very much for the open invitation uh, for letting me participate. Uh, I will be uh, submitting some goodie, as you say, some kind of goodie on December 24th of, uh, of this Advent season. Uh, bumping up right against the Christmas season. So thank you again, Sean, for this uh, this wonderful work that you do every year. Uh, it's very necessary and very much uh, appreciated. Well, we're going to step out of the kitchen just for a moment. Uh, we're about to wrap the show up, but I do want to uh, tell you that this past week was an exciting week for uh, for Mac users. Uh, Mac Heist, which you can find at MacHeist.com, had a giveaway. It was their Mac Heist bundle. Now, now Mac Heist is a very creative uh, website, very creative group of people. And uh, if you have a Mac, I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, I, 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 maybe a couple times a year, I think, two, three times a year, they have these sort of uh, giveaway things. I don't even know what to call them. Uh, but they're bundles, and you can get free software, free applications for the Mac. And I'm very excited. I'm going to tell you a couple of the ones that I really like a lot. I, I did get these uh, this past week, and I've been playing around with them. And one of them is Shovebox. Now, I've had Shovebox for a long time, but I finally started playing around with it. Um, and I got a new license uh, code from this particular Mac uh, Mac Heist bundle, but I, I'm not using it. I, I got the one from... Uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe about a year ago I got it. So uh, I never used it. So I finally started using Shovebox, and I really like it. I mean, I can just, um, if I find a website I like, I can just basically drag the URL right up to an icon at the top uh, menu bar of, uh, status bar of uh, of the the, the, the screen, uh, the Mac screen, the desktop, I guess, and uh, drop it right into the box, and it creates an entry for it. And it's basically a place where you can put all the information, all the stuff that you come up with while you're at the computer, whether it's texts or images or uh, music or whatever it may be, and you don't have any idea where to put it, you just throw it into Shovebox. Now, I, I guess ideally at some point you'll go back and look at it and kind of organize everything or tag it or save it in a different spot, something, but... 
Uh, I haven't done that yet. I've just been throwing things into it. So, <laughs> and it works really well. It's really a very cool thing. It's kind of like Evernote. If you've heard of Evernote, um, Evernote has an iPhone app, and uh, the website is really very um, uh, easy to uh, to use. Very user friendly. Uh, matter of fact, they just up updated uh, the the look and feel of uh, Evernote's website. So it, it was pretty cool. And I, I used that for about a month until I, I saw um, Shovebox. So I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of uh, up in the air. It's like I'm, I'm playing around with these different apps and trying to see which one works for me in my life, you know. But Shovebox is really cool. And then Inga, actually, she had talked about, I think it was her uh, Twitter post that alerted me to the the present Mac Heist or last week's Mac Heist uh, bundle giveaway, and so I went over there and she was excited about one called Right Room, and uh, so I checked that one out and really cool. Uh, you when you when you uh, load up Right Room, basically your entire screen goes black and you have a little green cursor. Reminded me of the Matrix <laughs> if you've seen the. The, the graphics for the Matrix, where the numbers are scrolling down this uh, this black background, reminds me of that. And it's a very old cursor. If you remember computers, personal computers, way back when, when you had like Commodore 64s out, right? Um, you're talking like 80s, early 80s, uh, mid 80s. Uh, the, the the cursor was like that little block, you know. This is a little green block, and the text itself looks a lot like the text way back when in the 80s. Very stripped down, this thing. So what happens with Write Room is that basically you open up a a room, a screen, a room where you can focus on nothing except writing. Uh, you know, our desktops get cluttered. We have all these different windows open or different applications open, open on our computers. So when we sit down to do something creative or to do something that you have to really focus on, it's hard to do. So uh, Write Room prevents that. You you launch that, and your entire screen goes blank except for this green cursor. And you can change the colors and all that. But I see this application as being a uh, a very useful one, a very helpful one for me to keep me focused. So, Inga, thank you so much. I'm thanking you a lot this episode. Thank you so much for your tweet about uh, Mac Heist, the Mac Heist bundle. Uh, I also got Mariner Wright, which I, I really like that too. Um, I, I don't know whether or not I'm going to use it as often as I do Pages from Apple, but uh, but we'll see. I got Twitterific as well, and Twitterific may be terrific, but uh, I'm kind of stuck on using what I already use, and I don't know if uh, if I'm going to switch. I, actually, I tell you right now, I'm not going to switch. It's nice having Twitterific there; it's available, but uh, right now I'm not. I, I use Seismic. Because I can uh, see Twitter, but I also get to see my Facebook statuses and also the Catholic Foodie fan page on Facebook. I can see that as well. And then uh, there's also this other one called Tweety. And uh, I use Tweety sometimes. It's a little more stripped down once again. Uh, it's, a, it's a Mac application. I've got the Tweety, actually Tweety 2 on the iPhone. And uh, I, I like I like it. I just like it. <laughs> um but anyway, so I, I use those two, and I kind of it depends on the, what mood I'm in, whether I'm going to use Seismic or Tweety. And speaking of iPhone apps, I need to go back just for a second and talk about uh, Write Room. There's an iPhone app for Write Room, and basically, it can sync. So uh, if I'm typing something on my iPhone, or I have an iPod Touch actually, 
if I'm at school, let's say, for instance, I'm at school and I want to make a note or I'm working on, uh, I don't know, a, a document or something, uh, I, can, I can do that. And then when I get home, if I wanted to sync that, which I, I can, I can sync it with uh, not, not the uh, um, desktop version. I, I, what happens is I sync it with, oh, what is it, simpletext.ws, I believe is the, the title, the, the website, made by the same people. It's done by the same people who make Rightroom. Uh, now I have a copy available online. So wherever I am, basically, I can use this uh, application to write. So very useful, very, very helpful. Anyway, that's enough of my uh, Mac Heist bundle story. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm a geek when it comes to applications. I'm so glad that I was able to get those. And it uh, looks like we're going to wrap things up here, folks. Uh, I do want to say one thing, though. I promised, uh, actually it was two weeks ago, I was supposed to reveal the winner of the contest uh, we had a contest going on. Those who submitted feedback had their names thrown into a hat. And uh, if you left voice feedback, your name went in twice. And it was very cool, you know. And what do you win? You would win a uh, a Catholic Foodie apron or T-shirt. And I forgot. Two weeks ago, I completely forgot about announcing the winner. Last week, I remembered, but I hadn't prepared ahead of time. I don't. I, it was just one of those details I kind of overlooked at the last minute. So finally, today, I'm going to announce the winner. And the winner is Jackie Whiteside. So Jackie, if uh, you're listening, you need to send me an email and uh, let me know your contact information and whether you would rather a an apron or a T-shirt. And uh, if you want a T-shirt, just let me know what size also, and I will send that out to you. So, Jackie Whiteside, I'll be looking to hear to, to I'll be looking forward, or I am looking forward to hearing from you. And if you would like to leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie, you could do so. It's a very easy thing to do, very simple process. You can just pick up the phone and call nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. And uh, leaving a message, uh, that message is recorded in MP3 format, and I'm able to play that on the show. So it's 985-635-4974. You can also uh, send me an email at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Uh, you can visit catholicfoodie.com, or you'll find all the show notes here for the Catholic Foodie podcast. Or you can go over to sqpn.com. The Catholic Foodie is also over there. Uh, so I'm so glad that you were joined us today. Uh, very happy that you uh, were here. And uh, until next time, bon appetit.